Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Bethel and friends and happy new year. It is a new year and we're all looking forward to what God has in store for us. Well, as you can tell this morning, uh, I am uh, speaking to you from my office at my home uh, and it's a place that I spend a lot of time uh, in in preparation. It's a a place where I often uh, am hearing from the Lord. So I welcome you to my uh, holy cave uh, as it were. And this morning I want to talk to you about the kingdom. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God and I want to talk to you about its influence uh, in us and, and, and through us. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, scenes uh, from the Old Testament is found in the book of Esther. It, it's the scene where where Esther, she's an incognito Jew. They're really not sure who she, what her background is. Uh, but she's being confronted by her first cousin, Mordecai. And up to this point, you know, Esther's uh, life has been pretty good. She's, it's like kind of rags to riches type thing. Uh, she's now the, the, the queen. And, uh, you know, everything's going uh, pretty good. Uh, but unbeknown to, to Esther... She and the entire, the Bible tells us, the entire Jewish race, they were about to be uh, annihilated. It was a defining moment. For the Jews, it would be, it would turn out to be one of the most critical moments in their time of, uh, of, of captivity. Today, uh, in, in the Jewish culture, uh, and in New Year, this year, I will be February 25th through the 26th. They will celebrate the Feast of Purim, which is all about Esther and, and all about uh, uh, being uh, uh, spared and set free. And I want to read to you uh, from the book of Esther uh, the moment when she was being confronted by Mordecai, because Mordecai, because it was all about the kingdom. When Esther's words were repeated to Mordecai, we're picking up on chapter 4 in the book of Esther. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Esther thought she could maybe put this underneath the, the carpet, but Mordecai was saying, no, Esther, you can't. You got to do something about this. And he says this to her, Mordecai says this to his first cousin Esther, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, and these are the key words, who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. In the King James, it says, it says, it says Esther, who knows that you've come to the kingdom for, for such a time as this. In the New Testament, Jesus said, uh, he said this about the kingdom, and, and Jesus spoke often about the kingdom. Over in Matthew 18 and, and verse 3, 
It says, then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get in to the kingdom of heaven. It was a, it was a familiar topic and it was something that really confused the, the Jews of the day. Over in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, and once again, this, is, this will be Jesus speaking. And, and the narrative goes like this. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And here's what it was. He says, the time has come. Jesus' arrival. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus' arrival on the scene, it was a defining moment. Well, Paul, he said this uh, about the kingdom as well. And Paul's argument in Romans chapter 14 was the kingdom of God was, a not, was not about external things like food and drink, but about matters of the heart. Because there was a lot of argument, there was confusion going on. And so, so people were saying, you shouldn't eat this or you should eat that and so forth. And well, you know, just confusion. And, and so Paul, he wanted to just, no, the, the kingdom of God is not about what you eat or drink or external things. So he says over in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy and the Holy Spirit. So the emphasis, three words, righteousness, peace and joy, all in the Holy Spirit. I, I want to read and share that scripture with you from, from a, a, another version from the from the message bible it says this god's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach and we've been putting a lot of stuff in our stomach over the last holidays for goodness sake he says it's what god does with your life as he set it as he sets it right he puts it together and completes it with joy your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people around you. That's Romans 14, 17 through 18. You should look that up in the Bible and, and just hear what it and hear what it says and, and read it again. So my observation about, about kingdom thinking is this. In order for the kingdom to advance, it is dependent on loyalty and cooperation of our subjects. Oh, excuse me. Speaking of one of those subjects, I'm bringing in my executive pastor here for this morning. I'm bringing in Gracie. And Gracie, come on in and, and, and say hi to the folks. Good morning, Bethel, and Happy New Year. Yeah, well, hey, don't forget to say, people, say hi to the people online oh, because... Hi. Hi to you who are watching online as well. I'm actually going to just share a little thought okay, from good. my devotional. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, oh. oh, that's all right. Grace is, Grace is <laughs> learning tech out, technology all over again, but we got it. Okay, go ahead, Grace. Okay. Um, oh, it's, it, it's technical. Okay, good. There we go. There. Uh, when you think about what it means to be a Christian... Uh, whether you've been a Christian for a few days or weeks or for 50 years or you're thinking about becoming a Christian, 
Uh, what comes to your mind? For many, the response is some variation of uh, rules, maybe self-denial, no fun. But sadly, they're missing out that one of those rules they might like to know about is to set your heart on joy. Oh, Truly live. Very good. And yes, we can have fun as Christians because a relationship with God through Jesus Christ brings joy. Mm. Soul and heart deep joy. His uh, spirit will empower you to embrace joy and make it real in your life when you gladly accept his authority over you and you willingly follow him. Mm. As your joy grows, so does your ability to accept that his guidelines, his word, is always meant to bless you, even when you can't imagine how. With reliance on his wisdom over your own, you're free to happily relax and truly delight in your day as you discover the joy of simple pleasures, the joy of God-sent gladness, and the joy of being you. So God has made his word, his guidelines, not to withhold from us, but to bless us. Mm, not to make good. life hard uh, or to harm us, but yes, he wants good for us. Uh, and in the Message Bible, Psalm 119, 155, it says, Your mercies, God, run into the billions. Following oh, your guidelines that's so good. will revive me. Wow. So God bless you. And for this new year, I wish you a heart of joy. Okay. All right. Thank you, uh, my executive pastor. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we're still learning technology, as you can tell. And, and please, please, you know, when you respond to this video, don't say to me, Pastor, you know, that was good what you said, but what Grace had to say was just awesome. Okay, now don't do that, all right? Okay, thank you very much. Once again, uh, a special thank you uh, to, to Grace, and uh, I know how you people like to hear uh, from uh, my executive pastor. Okay, back to what I was saying about the kingdom and what Paul was saying. And, and Grace brought some uh, important truths. We, we need to accept and we need to take responsibility and let it rule over us. And, and I said just before, uh, before Grace shared her thoughts, is that in order for the kingdom to advance, it is dependent on our loyalty, our acceptance, our cooperations as, as, as the subjects of God's kingdom. I would also argue and argue that in our day, distracted Christianity, I'm going to coin that word this morning, distracted Christianity is, is one of the main hindrances to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here, but there's so many things that can cause us to lose our focus and, and distract us from what God is saying to us. And, and that's what I, I like about what, what, what Gracie was saying, is that we, we need to accept and we, we certainly need to focus. And focus is key, is key to, to the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and, and every day you and I have the opportunity to focus uh, upon uh, the Lord and, and, and what he is saying. Uh, Grace and I, on, on a regular basis, will will enjoy an app that you can find on uh, your smartphone called Pause. And it's you can do a one-minute pause, a three-minute pause, five, and ten. And, and the whole purpose of the pause is to get you to just relax and focus on the Lord. And I would really encourage you to, if you, if you have a smartphone, uh, look it up and, and, and give it a try. It's not easy at first. And matter of fact, it becomes very dif difficult because we're so easily distracted. But I really encourage you uh, to uh, uh, take, take the time and, and focus. So in our day, 
the advancement of God's kingdom, as far as we are concerned, is dependent upon our loyalty, our cooperation and focus, just like it was in, in, in the days of Esther. There are two words. There are two words I want, I want to uh, just hang on to for just a moment. Don't, don't get lost and don't get confused. But there, there are two words that I feel describe the properties of God's kingdom. Number one is permanence. Permanence. In other words, it's here. The, the, the kingdom of God, uh, it, is, it is here to stay. The kingdom of God is eternal. Now, it, it may not be clear today of how eternal and, and how permanent it is. But one day, the Bible says this about the kingdom. It says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. One day, the Bible says, every knee will bend and every tongue will, will, will declare their allegiance to God. And, and the reason I share that scripture it points out the permanence of the kingdom. So we're, we're not sure how that will all work out, but it is clear to us today that the kingdom is here. And here is, here's the word that I want you to listen closely. It, it almost sounds the same. It's not permanence, but it's permeance. And in the kingdom of God, there is a property of permeance. For example, on my desk throughout this sermon this morning, I've had this candle. And it's a vanilla candle. And when I took the lid off, what started happening in my atmosphere is the vanilla flavor, the scent, started to permeate this area. And the kingdom of God has a permeance about it or a permeating uh, factor. Uh, last week, our pastors Chad and Melissa they talked about they talked about the seed and, and 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 some other dimensions of the kingdom and I want to read the scripture that they referenced because it relates to this this word permeance. Um, Jesus said this: "What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed." That a man planted in a garden, it grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. And he also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? And that's, that's what I really want to focus your attention on this morning in Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. What else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though... She put only a little yeast and three measures of flour. It permeated every part of the dough. So there's a couple of illustrations, whether it be the candle that I have sitting on my desk or the, the yeast, just a little bit of yeast placed within the dough that caused it, it permeated every part of the dough. So of the dough. So that's what Jesus said. That's what the kingdom, it has this factor of coming out of us. So here's a quote that Nicky Gumbel had on the, on the kingdom. He said, the central theme and the teaching of Jesus was the kingdom of God. It not only refers to the kingdom in a political or a geographical sense, but it also conveys the nation or the notion of activity. The activity of ruling and reigning. The kingdom of God means the rule of and reign of God, not 
in a political sense, a liberal sense, conservative sense, but in internally in, in our lives. Nikki went on to say, uh, also, there's another quote from Nikki Gumbel, and I, and, I, and I listened to Nikki on a daily basis. Uh, his comment was, he, referring to Jesus, taught the disciples to pray, your kingdom come. That's found in Matthew 6 and 10. And he speaks of a harvest at the end of the age. It appears that the kingdom of God will not be fully released until Jesus returns. And so there's, there's many dimensions to, to the kingdom. Over in Matthew 6, 33, same chapter that Nikki was just referencing, a verse that I have often quoted, and you perhaps have heard as well, it says this, and once again, these are the words of Jesus and focusing in on the kingdom. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, I need to point out to you, that as it was for Esther, there was a defining moment. When Jesus announced the kingdom, it was a defining moment. There has to be a defining moment for you. There has to be a defining moment for all of Christ's followers. For, for, for some, it's, it's, it's an instant. It's, it's, like, it's like Paul, uh, who we saw at the time on the road to Damascus, instantly. He had an introduction to the kingdom. There are others that that it is that it is a progressive realization. But all of us need to have a defining moment when the kingdom of God is alive and active uh, in in our lives. Here's what I noticed, and certainly this last year of 2020 that we just came out of uh, is a case in point. I heard it said that it often takes a crisis to accelerate things. And I would like to say it often takes a crisis to motivate the subjects of the kingdom into action. You know, when things are good and everything is, you know, at your beckoning call and you can enjoy uh, uh, the, the good things of life, you know, like I said, you get distracted and, and you lose focus. But, when a crisis comes, it changes. The atmosphere has changed, as we all know. So it often takes a crisis to motivate the subjects of the kingdom into action. I ask you the question, are we in a crisis? And I think all of us would say, yeah, yeah, we've been in a crisis for the last nine months, maybe nine, maybe now going into 10 months. We, we know already coming into January, we are facing, uh, uh, we're experiencing a, a lockdown. Yes, I would say that we are in a crisis. And I believe that God is using this crisis to motivate the subjects of his kingdom. And, and that's you and I, more than ever. I think more Christians are praying, uh, and I, I think more Christians are paying attention, and they are focused on what is God up to they said, God, where are you taking us, and what are you going? What are you accomplishing? What are you going to bring out of this? And certainly, one thing that we, as as um, uh, as a staff at Bethel Church, and I thank God for our 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 youthful, our our visionary leadership. And when they were aware of this crisis, they they knew we we've got to do something, and they realized we have to go online. That we got to get. <laughs> We have to have cameras. We've got to understand what it means to uh, um, you know, upload, live stream, all oh, so many terms that I still don't understand. But when the crisis hit, they realized 
We need to pay attention to what God is saying. And you know what? We just had this conversation this past week. Uh, and the conversation was about uh, this lockdown that you and I are in right now. And, and as we were discussing this with, with staff and with our lead pastor, Chad McLaren, we looked at each other and said, you know what? We're, we're more ready for this one. And, and, and we weren't panicking, but we were, we were ready. Okay, God, we don't know how this is going, but we're ready to hand, handle, handle this, this particular crisis. And it's a part of what God is doing in his kingdom. Two more words I want to leave with you. One is resonate. And, and what, what I've what I'm been praying and hoping is that today, that this message will, will resonate with you as a subject of the, of the kingdom, as, as part of God's kingdom, what God is, is asking you to do. And not only will it resonate, you know, go inside, say, yeah, that's right, feels good, I, I can sense it, my, my, my spirit bears witness with, with what Pastor Charles is saying, uh, but there's another word that I want to draw your attention to, and it starts with R as well, is reverberate, reverberate. And, and, and that, that's more than just something internally, but it's something that, that emanates from us. It's, it's a word that means to continue in or as in a series of echoes. It's to, to resound. And there certainly is, there's a, there's a sound from heaven that is coming. And uh, that's why Jesus taught, man, show us your will, your kingdom come. May, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And certainly we are hearing uh, that sound and we're feeling the, the, the directive. Uh, it, it also means uh, a, a, an, an echo and, and it refers to a historic event that still reverberates today. What comes to your mind when you hear that? A historic event that still reverberates today. I'll tell you what comes to my mind. It, it's the work of Christ. On, it, it's the work of Calvary. It's what Jesus did for us on the cross. And, and what Jesus did for us, he died and he was buried and rose again to give you and I eternal life, to pay for our sins. Um, it, it was an act that, it wasn't something that was, it was all over with and it, it was a one-off thing, but it was an event that still has an impact on our lives. The, the work of Calvary is still active today in your life and in my life. I love what the songwriter, uh, Andre Crouch, uh, and he penned it this way, the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. Oh, I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that, that, that the blood of Jesus and his spirit and his power are reverberating today. So I pray today that this message will strike a chord in your heart. But not only that, but it will reverberate. It will echo the, the work of Calvary wherever you go. My individuality, and I must speak to you as individuals this morning as I wrap this up. My individuality must contribute to the whole. As, as in the case of Queen Esther, it was up to her as an individual. She had to do it. And, but what she did was affecting the whole, uh, uh, the empire. She, it was affecting the uh, entire uh, Jewish uh, race. Paul says this over in Ephesians chapter 4. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament 
and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the subjects of the kingdom, that was one phrase, but Paul says we're a body and we all need to do our part. So I don't know what God's asking you to do, whether it's small or, or great, or you may think it's insignificant, but I want to tell you right now, anything in the kingdom of God is significant. And so whatever God is asking you to do, you do it and do it with all your heart and, and do it with, with all your might uh, because it, it is, it's, it's what God is doing and it's building up the body of Christ and it's advancing the kingdom. I get good news and bad news. Good news and bad news. And it's, it's really about the kingdom. Um, and, and I reference my, my candle and how the aroma, the, the aroma of, of, of vanilla. And maybe you could call this a, a aroma therapy. Uh, it's probably not exactly that. But listen to this, uh, this verse. Uh, uh, because what Paul is saying, that there is a fragrance that comes from the kingdom. That, and, and there's a fragrance that, that gives life. But it doesn't only give life. Well, here, let me read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. That, that aroma. For we are to God pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, Paul says, and here's the good news and the bad news, to the one, there's an aroma that comes from us who are of the kingdom, and to the one we are an aroma that brings death. Sad. To the other, Paul says, we are the aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? You know, the challenge as you ponder that on your own, and you look at that scripture found over in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, here's the challenge. May our lives produce an aroma that brings life to those around us. Oh, I pray that for grace of myself, that our lives will produce, that the aroma of the kingdom will bring life to our neighbors. Oh, we have some neighbors that we just love dearly and and, and, and we, we desire to see them know what it is to be part of the kingdom and come to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. So, so thank you uh, for, for, for listening today. Uh, and, uh, and I do say special hi to all my neighbors on Wooten Court. We, we love you. And uh, we're, we're praying that God will give us a, a better year than we had before. I say also, because I'm a police chaplain, I say hi to all my police chaplain friends, whether they are active or or are retired, and uh, my prayer is that somehow today something that was said to you will, will bring forth life and that you will experience the kingdom. Uh, St. Patrick, he's called the patron saint, saint of, of, of Ireland, he had this prayer, and I want to share it with you, and then I'm going to conclude with a prayer from uh, uh, Paul. Uh, uh, St. Patrick's prayer went like this, and this is just a portion of it. He said, here's a prayer that we need to pray every day. Christ, shield me today. And this is, boy, when you're a subject of the kingdom, this is how you pray. Christ, shield me today. Shield me against wounding. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. I pray Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ 
above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. Wow, that's talking about the kingdom. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in the eye that sees me. Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through the mighty strength of the Lord of creation. What, what better way to, there's no better way to start a day. And, and so I, I, I leave that prayer with you, but I also want to leave the prayer with you found over in Ephesians uh, or Colossians chapter 1. And Paul says this, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. This is what I'm praying for all of you that are listening today as we enter into a new year. I pray that we will all be strengthened with all his glorious power so that we will have all the endurance and patience that we need, that we all will be filled with joy and always thanking the Father who has enabled us to, to share in the inheritance that belongs to us, his people, who live in the light. For, and I love this part, for he, referring to our Lord Jesus Christ, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Bethel, friends online, whoever may be listening today, who knows that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God bless you and Happy New Year. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message